Yes, sir. All right, COVID in Singapore. Uh-huh. So this is a text message. Our last countries are waking up to the fact that the COVID is another flu strain. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not a medical expert. I can't comment. A deadly strain, but the world doesn't go into lockdowns every year because of them. Unfortunately, COVID-19, as the world now knows, is a man-made strain. Well, there's once again, there's some, there's some great evidence for it being a man-made strain. There's also some great evidence out there that came from a dead bat. <laughs> yeah. Now, either which way, it's a pretty bad thing. Mm. Um, but America, it's interesting, the United States last year um, made the claim that, you know, it was man-made and were shouted down as being conspiracy theorists, and now they're making that claim again and not being shouted down as conspiracy theorists. So, and it was, the expert, it was the experts that said, I, I, we covered this on radio when yeah, we, we were did. here. Oh, uh, okay, you did. Yeah, yeah, it was the experts who said that it was man-made when it first came out, and then they were like, actually, no, it's not. And now they're like, actually, it could have been. Which means that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that means that. I, didn't, I, I wasn't there. I'm sorry, I wasn't that's there. That's the I thing. It's like, for me and you, us, uh, we just we just speak on radio in Australia. We don't really know. Yep. All right. Awesome. I fear for the for what I, I would fear what the future holds for the world if I did not know that God is in control. Mm. Okay. Then uh, Canadian president apologizes for the graves found. Okay. Let me just. Yes, that did happen, but the, 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 he more specifically is asking for Pope Francis to also apologise. Uh-huh. Um, isn't, in, isn't it interesting that so many of the conspiracy theories are coming true? Well, yes, some do, some don't. Uh-huh. Uh, this is definitely one that's been around for a very, very long time, and wow, just wow. Mm. And, and I think, you know, these were kind of things that people knew in the past, and there's been many mass graves that have been dug up, dug up, you know, in monasteries and so forth in the past. But they just because the media is not what the media is today, it just didn't go wild like it has today. Yeah. Anyway, uh, even though so many people have known for a long time, isn't it funny for uh, for most people a conspiracy becomes true only when the media reports it. Ooh, that's a really interesting thought. It's like saying, okay, watch, watch this, watch this. It's like saying that the creation story becomes true only when it will be reported by the media that it is true. So this, mm. yeah, think about that for a moment. Let's say that um, tomorrow there was a bunch of um, media stories, say on ABC News and whatever, whatever, saying actually, you know, we found out that evolution is a load of rubbish and that, uh, well, you know, um, our world was actually created by a divine being. Mm you would have a lot of people that would be really shocked and like, oh, wow, I can't believe that. I've been believed evolution my entire life. Now that can't be true mm. because the media said so. And isn't it interesting, like... With- everybody believes, well, not everybody, but a lot of people believe in and have faith in evolution because the media says so. What was that, What was that like, step? It was like a thousand scientists who got together and they were relinquishing their... Connection to evolution. John Aston was yeah, that about was it. that was like what six or eight years ago now. Yeah, yeah. But this is the point: is that like oh well, like because because the point is like oh yeah, well when I hear experts give an actual opinion, well then I'll believe what you say. You know, that's a thousand experts. It's a thousand experts, and that's it's like okay, well where was the media report? Uh, nowhere. And so who believes them? Uh, no one. Yeah, which is wild because it's literally the experts. That's, oof, yikes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so this was the actual, the actual quote from the um, Department of Health in Singapore. 
the bad news is that COVID-19 may never go away. The good news is that it is possible to live normally with it in our midst. Um, that was uh, Singapore's Trade Minister, Gan Kim Yong. Mm. Um, it means that the virus will continue to mutate and therefore to survive in our community. And then they continue to... Oh, this was the health minister right here. Every year, many people catch the flu. The overwhelming majority recover without needing to be hospitalised and with little or no medication. But a minority, mm. especially the elderly and those with comorbidities, can get very ill and some succumb. We can't eradicate it, but we can turn the pandemic into something much less threatening like flu or chickenpox and get on with our lives. Mm. That's the health ministry in Singapore. So that's, that's, hey, watch this space. They, they, these guys are sticking their necks out and they're like, yeah, we're going to be the first country to uh, actually just downgrade this to flu status and get on with our lives. Let's see what happens. They can be the guinea pigs. Should be, and, and the thing that I love about Singapore as well is it's not one of those, like, you know, it's not like, oh, in Fiji, like, not, not that there's anything wrong with Fiji. It's just that, like, Singapore is a first world high population yes. density city. Oh, yes. An like, incredibly high density of population. And so, well, yeah, what we're seeing here is an actual, like, substantial thing, like a substantial trial, substantial guinea pig of, like, we can... And an incredibly wealthy and incredibly developed... Yeah, we can monitor this and say, like, you know, and based on that result, we can actually make changes. Yeah, I mean, they've got this is this is a country that is fabulously wealthy with no natural resources. Yeah, this is like what you get when you play when you throw. Singapore is what you get when you throw unlimited money at a swamp. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like Dubai is what you get when you throw unlimited money at a desert. No, but Dubai have like the UAE have like oil and stuff. Yes, and Singapore has geography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but they don't have. Yeah, okay. So Dubai has natural resources; they're digging out of the ground for sure. But, um, but basically, these are cities that you know they're not built because of you know the usual reasons. You know, well, we live in Newcastle. They've got a coal port. Like that's yeah. the biggest industry here, and basically everything else around it serves that industry. Like because you, you've got a huge amount of workers who work in the mines, and then they live in houses, and then they. You know, kids go to school. And- Singapore exists because all the world's shipping has to go past. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yep. Anyway, let's go to our Bible study. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1, and, sorry, Genesis chapter 2, uh-huh. and we're going to read the first three verses. But before we do, let's uh, consider a few things. All right, so if we look at our world today and we compare it with, say, 200 years ago, mm. we have so many labor-saving devices. Yes. Okay, so think about this for a moment. Something as simple as cutting firewood. So we'll compare, you know, something that somebody did 200 years ago with something that still happens today. Yes. 200 years ago, people cut firewood. Today we cut firewood. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to... um, If I'm going to... If I'm going to... uh, you know, go out and and, 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 and cut some firewood. I'll, I'll take a chainsaw and I can pretty much, you know, with one solid day in good firewood cutting area, cut enough firewood so that I can light my fire in April and put it out in October. Mm. It's because I'm using a chainsaw, uh, I'm using a log splitter. So we have a lot of labour-saving devices today. Dude, my dad has one of those electric chainsaws with yes. the battery-powered ones, but like uh-huh. that are fully big and legit. Yes. And it's insane. I'm like, how is this not just an absolute murder weapon? Like, it doesn't even make sound. <laughs> <laughs> the way your brain works. <laughs> when I pick up a chainsaw, I'm like, ooh, I wonder how much firewood I can cut with this. Lawson's like, ooh, 
A murder weapon? No, no, no. <laughs> Come on, no. I mean, in the sense that, like, it's it's super powerful and it's uh-huh. silent, and I'm like, man, this is things insane. Yeah, they're pretty cool. But the point is, is like, yes, like compared to even 200 years ago, like the the well, you didn't. Ten years ago, you didn't have electric chainsaws. Yeah, you know, not battery powered ones. You might have had plug in ones. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Who knows what we'll have from now? You know, maybe, maybe electric chainsaws with, without a power cord and without a battery, just sort of running off Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi, USB-C. <laughs> oh no, dude! No, the next thing is it's going to be laser, bro. There you go. Well, uh, nah. yes, but they've been saying that since like what the 1960s. Yeah, 1960s cartoons. People cutting things up with lasers, and they haven't done that yet. Yeah, I think it's I think it's too difficult. Anyways, so you you take a simple thing like that. Okay, if you're going to go back. 200 years, and you've got just an axe. Yeah. That's it. And as, and those big, long saws? Big, long saws with two people between them. Dude, how crazy. Have you seen these photos from back in the day where they've, like, cut down a tree that's, like, that as wide as, like, two of me standing on each other oh, yeah. with, like, those... There's just two dudes with the two, big, two, long yep. saws. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, what a day, hey. Yes. You'd be so And wrecked. then once you've cut that tree down, you've got to get it out of the bush. <laughs> you know, these days we, we, we pick it up with a log skidder, uh, we load it on a truck, we drive it away. Mm. We, we take it to a sawmill and it goes backwards and forwards through a massive big bandsaw and it comes out as planks out the other side in no mm. time at all. Back in the day, you had to cut that tree down. Uh, then you had to transport it out of the bush with bullocks. Then you had to take it to you know some kind of sawmill or before the days of sawmills, uh, then you had to split it. And you had to split it into planks that were about the right size of what you wanted. Then you had to take an ads. Probably a lot of people out there, Lawson's looking at me blankly, but you had to take an ads, which is kind of like an axe, but looks like a hoe. Uh huh. And you had to use that to then flatten those boards and make them usable. You you think about the labor. (laughs) You think about the labor that is involved in just making one plank. Mm. Just making one plank is. Days of work. Yeah, wow. Well. Just for one plank. Yeah. And then you've got to build a house. Mm. You know, this was, the, the world was incredibly labour intensive. Mm. You think about, you know, stone. So many ancient buildings or churches and so forth from 200 years ago built out of stone. That stone all had to be cut by men with picks. Mm. just chipping away at it. Now, I don't know about you, but I've tried that once or twice. Take a pick and start gnawing away at a piece of stone. It takes a long time and a lot of hits to make a small impression on that stone. Yeah, well. And it was all done that way. We have so many labour-saving devices. And, 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 then, and then we move on to phones. I remember when I did my apprenticeship as a cabinet maker, which doesn't feel that long ago, and we were working on a job site one time, and one of the other tradies there, we had to get back in. We had to get in contact with the uh, with the workshop for some stuff that you know we needed to be brought in the next load that we hadn't planned for. One of the tradies there had a phone in his car, wow. like the plumber or someone. Oof. It was just like mind boggling. The- we just walked outside, borrowed his phone, gave him like five bucks because it cost a heap to make a local call. Um, and made this phone call. We didn't have to drive down the street and find a servo. 
We didn't have to ask somebody where is the nearest servo where there might be a payphone so that we could call the workshop. He used his car phone. We used his car phone. Had an aerial hanging out the roof and everything. Wow. That's intense. It is. It is. I, I My first car, I bought a car phone aerial and stuck it on the back window because it was cool to have one. It was just the aerial. <laughs> and people were like, you've got a Mini with a car phone in it? Because back then the only cars that had car phones were like Porsches and Mercedes. And, mm. and I'm like, no, it's just all I've got is the aerial. <laughs> You're just doing it for the aesthetic. That's so funny. It's what you do when you're 17. (laughs) So, you know, we have so many labour-saving devices. Mm. Back in the day, if you wanted to research something, you had to go to a library, you had to sort through multiple books before you found books that were on the subject, and then you had to sort through those books. You couldn't just type a question into Google and have the answer come up. Dude, don't even Google. I, I, I started my degree last year. And it was, I, it was during COVID. I just sat at home and I went onto the library website and they, they have all the different, like, the databanks of, of, of different all libraries all, all, electronic. all around the world. And I, literally, literally, I just typed in the... <laughs> this is going to sound bad. I just, <laughs> I, I just typed in the research question and then it came up with, like, books associated to that research question i just like you know like on google you have like the pages that was that we use the resource which is called atla and just like go on atla just something like oh yeah i'll just take these first 10 references and uh use all these but that's how research is done today yeah you think about how labor intensive it was to do research oh that's intense okay so so our world is flooded with labor saving devices Mm. therefore if you were someone from 200 years ago and you said in 200 years' time we're going to have da, 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 all these labour-saving devices, right, um, you know, motor vehicles, yeah, well. aircraft, etc. You know, the list just goes – the list is literally endless. If you were from 200 years ago, you would look at that and go, well, what am I actually going to do with my life? I work for like an hour a day and the rest of my life will just be – Leisure. Mm. But let me ask you this question. Are we less busy or more busy than we were 200 years ago? Wow. Do we get less rest or more rest than what we did 200 years ago? One probably a bad example, especially after last night. Uh. (laughs) Yes. Oh, by the way, I just want to let everyone know, me and Lyle are friends. We had a late night. (laughs) We we hang out sometimes. One of those times was last night. We stayed up very late watching motorbike racing. Very bad idea when you're doing breakfast racing, <laughs> but it was cool. It was, it was, it was cool. super cool to uh, to watch motorbike you racing know, with somebody it, who actually knew what they were talking about. But answer all of my questions. <laughs> and you know, even though I give Lyle lots of stick on radio for you know being slow at the quiz and whatnot, like you know, we we hang out sometimes. Who, We're actually who, friends. Who 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 got? Hey, by the way, I know the answer. Yeah, I know yeah. the answer. Just eventually, letting, just letting eventually you know. he got there. <laughs> He got there. All right. Yeah, intense. Okay, so are we less stressed? Are we less tired? And do we have more leisure than 200 years ago? Uh, Like I would say probably not. No, we're not. We are more stressed, we are more tired, and we have less leisure than 200 years ago. Mm. So how is that possible? Well, it kind of works like this, and it works in a vicious circle. And the vicious circle is this, that... When you create a labor-saving device, 
that creates a higher level of competition. Mm. And the higher the level of competition, the more the labour you need to save. And what happens is that spirals out of control and basically competition drives and drives and drives and drives us. So the more our devices save labour and stress and time and you know everything else and so forth, the more we have to compete to be actual to be actually able to stay alive and to be competitive. Mm. And so our world is actually spiraling into a vortex of stress and overwork. And by creating labor saving devices. And then we've created this situation where like this cycle goes on and on and on to the point where we are now where we you know we have uh like factory farming. We yes. like we have yes. the factory farming industry which is like terrible. Then yes. we have like the child labor industry which is like terrible. We guys in China. And then we have like concentration you know, camps. E- but even in China slave labor. like s- slave labor is the highest it's ever been. It's, in fact slave and it doesn't even exist in like well it does ex- it does exist in non-consensual like forms. But in a lot of places, it's slave, it, like enslaved by economic in- conditions. That's right. There's a lot of places where if you abolished slavery, people would starve. Yeah. yeah. That's terrible. That's terrible world. And when we say abolish slavery, it's just like stop paying them $1 a day. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, this can, the working conditions that we see in places like China, where they live in the factories. Like, it's wild, dude. It is. That is our world. Now let's go and read Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, and let's ask, why did God do this? The Bible says Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it. Sorry about that. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. There you go. Okay, so we have God here at the very beginning of humanity. Before humanity has, human beings have done a day of work. Mm. They haven't done any work whatsoever at all. And God creates and embeds it within time so that it can't be lost. A day of rest, a full day every seven days. When you think about that, you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right. Okay. with so, God. Yes. Bible study. What, what were we talking about? We were talking about resting. Resting. Mm-hmm. Did we read Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 3? Yes, we did. We did. Oh, we did, and I had random stomach noises halfway through. But we're getting through it, guys. All right, all right. Um, so let's just go back over it again very quickly, and then we've got a bunch of verses we're going to look at. All right. At. So the creation of the heavens and the earth, and everything in them was completed. On the, and on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. So this is this is interesting. There are a lot of people out there who um, they'll make that statement, you know, when I win a lot, I'll never work again. Mm. But that's not actually a good thing because when you look at the creation, this is a perfect world, this is a sinless world. Mm. A lot of people are like, yeah, when I get to heaven, I'll never work again. That's not true either. <laughs> <laughs> because if we were never going to work in heaven, 
then we would fo- it would follow that we would never have worked in Eden either mm. before sin. Work obviously exists because God creates the Sabbath before sin even impacts our world. Mm. This predates sin. The Sabbath has been here. And the need for rest mm. predates sin. And as you read on down through the passage, the Bible says that God put them in the garden and set them to work in the garden. Mm. So it's not healthy for human beings to just sit back and have relax and leisure time all the time. I like relaxing. I like having leisure time. But often I find that I need to come back to work to have a break from my holiday but- because I get so busy during my holiday <laughs> in working. Well, this is the point. It's like, okay, try then. If 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 you just will try on this world, or think about anywhere. Like, just try and sit down and do nothing. Like, in terms of trying to have ultimate leisure, and and soon you start to realize that the dishes start piling up. Ultimately, that like it's just not fun. Leisure comes at the cost of something. Yes, work always needs to be done to create leisure, and that's exactly what. So God created work. Yes, and He created rest. Yeah. Those two things, they go together. They go together. And you get good rest when you do good work. Uh And when you do bad work, well, we all know how that works. You toss and turn and stress over. (laughs) All right, so let's look at a couple of of other passages that that really do deal with this uh, concept and the need, the human need Mm. for times of rest. And Mm. we particularly need it now because our world is spiraling into this vortex of stress, spiraling Mm. into a stress vortex, which is why we're having, you know, our biggest pandemic is not COVID. Our biggest pandemic is depression. Yeah, wow. Far more people infected with depression than with COVID. Okay, Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Mark 6, verse 31. We've got uh, a number of verses we're going to look at here on this particular subject. Uh, oh, man, I'm doing my best. Eh? You know, you know. sometimes when the Bible's just not doing what you wanted to, Mark chapter 6 and verse 31. That's the one. The Bible says, Mark chapter 6 and verse 31, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Yeah, that's pretty full on. Mm. That does happen to me on occasion. You'll get so busy that it's like, well, I've just sort of kept going all day and I haven't even stopped to eat. Mm. I, I guess you've had occasions like that as well. Oh, yeah. And it's not fun. It's not. And here Jesus is doing ministry. Yeah, well. And he's ministering to people and he's teaching the word of God and doing things that we would see as being, you know, the highest priority. He's like, okay, guys, we're going to go and we're going to have a holiday and we're going to have a break. Mm. I don't know if this is necessarily uh, going to be in the upcoming verses, but I love it when Jesus says, you know, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve uh, during the communion service. And it's just this whole idea that, like, you know, he's the king of the universe. Like, if anyone deserves to relax, it's this guy. He's the hardest working person in the universe. And we see that, like, as evidence just in his life on earth and then, you know, the eventual death that he would die. And it's like if, if God wanted to give us an example of heaven... And that heaven, and, you know, that would be in the person of Jesus. And that that heaven was just all, you know, leisure and lounging around. And he's like, well, look, it's, you know, I'm 33 now. Time to die, I guess. Like, no, like Jesus lived a life of extreme sacrifice and hard work. And now the context of that work changes a little bit in heaven. But ultimately, like on this earth that we live in, especially because Jesus hasn't come back yet. We have such a work to do, um, not only in our occupations, uh, but, you know, for the kingdom of God. Like, he immediately puts the disciples to work as soon as he leaves as well. Like, 
I, I, I just don't see where people can come from. Like, get the idea that, oh, let's just rest and chill and do nothing and, and just be like, and this is the thing though, is that what we're going to be talking about all this week is rest, which is fantastic. But I feel like rest always necessitates work. It does. And that work is fantastic and good and a blessing and amazing. It's what makes the rest meaningful. Mm. Psalms 4 and verse 8 is our next passage. Psalms 4 and verse 8. Psalms 4 and verse 8. Uh, Trust trust, trust the psalmist to speak about the necessity for rest. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, Psalms chapter 4 and verse 8, as I turn there, as my Bible turns there, Psalms chapter 4 and verse 8, the Bible says this, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. So the Bible says that we will do what in peace? Uh, We will lie down and sleep. Lie down and sleep. Okay, it's Mm -hmm. important to, once again, to have that rest and to have peaceful rest. Ooh, yeah. This is one of the things we were talking about earlier. You know, some people sleep well and some people don't sleep well, and a lot of people who don't sleep well, uh, one of the challenges with that, of course, is a guilty conscience. That You will not sleep well with a guilty conscience. And so this is why we take our sins to God in prayer before we yeah, go to bed. Wow. Take it to God, deal with that guilt, get rid of it uh, before you go to sleep. Go to sleep with a clear conscience. Mm. Exodus 23, verse 12 Exodus. Exodus 23. Second book of the Bible. Yes. Exodus 23 and verse 12. The Bible says this. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It also allows your slaves and foreigners living among you to be refreshed. I love this passage right here. Mm. Guys like, you know what? I'm going to give your animals a day of a, 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 yeah. a break as well. Mm. You know, you and I have travelled to places like where well, we spent time in Ethiopia, where pretty much the primary means of transport seemed to be donkey power. Yeah, yeah. And those donkeys were pretty hard working, hard worn donkeys when you saw them, mm. you know, trudging up and down the streets. And guys like, you know what? They need a rest. They need a break as well. Mm. They, they they need to take a break. Anyway, so we serve a God who gives us rest. What a you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Anyways, let's get on to right now. Question of the day. All right, our question of the day today is: Is the age of the Earth or the? Sorry, let me restart. Is that the age of the earth or the age of creation? We're talking about 6,000 years years, earlier. Is that the age of the earth or the age of creation? Was the earth here before creation with, you know, without form and void? Okay, this is a really good question. But if you go to Genesis chapter 1, this is what you're going to read over in Genesis chapter 1. Let me just flick over there real quick for you. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. The evening and the morning were the first day. There are those who will read this passage and they say, okay, yes, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. But it doesn't say when. Mm. It goes on to say that God created the light and when he did, he created the first day. So did the earth exist for many, many billions of years previous to this particular point? And does that explain the age of the rocks that scientists try and tell us? 
Now, of course, uh, what you're going to find interesting is that the scientists are going to give you, uh, you know, ages for sedimentary rock that is billions of years old, along with rock from the granite crust that is also billions of years old. And so if you're going to use... Now, sedimentary rock, obviously, according to the Bible, arrived at the time of the flood. And so if you're going to go with a world that is billions of years older than the 6,000-year creation, then it's not going to solve your problems as a creationist. Mm. However, to help us understand this, there is a passage in the Bible that is crystal clear where God clarifies this fact so that we can understand exactly did the did the planet as a planet without form and void did it just exist hanging in space for you know four and a half billion years and then God created on that planet or did he create the actual planet without form and void on day one of creation and you'll find the answer to that in Exodus chapter 20 where the Bible says in six days the Lord made heaven, earth, the sea, and everything in it. That's a black and white statement right there. The Bible says that God made heaven, atmospheric heavens, the earth, our planet, and everything in it within the space of six days. And so, no, we don't have a world that is... Uh, six thousand years—that is—that is four and a half billion years old. We have a world that is around about six thousand years old, and uh, the evidence that is available for us to interpret bears that out. And if you want to look at the evidence uh, involved in that, of course, we had uh, Dr. Mark Harwood on earlier talking about this from Creation Ministries International. Simply go over to creation.com, type in your questions right there. You'll find all kinds of fantastic answers. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.